0: Welcome to Oilfield Talk. My name is Trey Falk, and I'm host of Oilfield Talk podcast. We want to speak with workers from all other aspects of the oil and gas industry and allow them, the outlet, to tell some crazy, amazing stories you just wouldn't believe are true. Not just the Wildcats, the drillers, the Roughnecks, the Roustabouts, but the land-based, offshore drilling operations, service companies, vendors, third-party personnel, production, transportation, all aspects of the industry that provide expertise throughout the oil field industry. But each of these have many, many hilarious stories to share about their time in the oil patch. I have no doubt that we will be able to share entertaining stories or tell tall tales that anyone who works in the industry will appreciate and get a hearty laugh while listening. But this is also gonna be a family podcast. We'll be able to invite our families at home to listen, although they won't believe half the stories we share, They may have a couple of dozen questions. Maybe it will give them and everyone a greater appreciation of the jobs we have in the oil field and why we enjoy our oil field family for half a year. So please, take an hour or so out of your day, give a listen to the Oil Field Talk podcast. Hope you enjoy the stories as much as I enjoy bringing them to you. Saturday, August nineteenth, seven thirty-five in the evening, offshore in the Gulf of Mexico. Welcome to Oilfield Talk. My name's Trey Fought. I'm your host of the Oilfield Talk podcast. I'm currently offshore in the Gulf of Mexico, still at work after three weeks. I've got about nine days to go before I get back to the beach, and I owe y'all another episode. First things first, I would like to thank everyone who has listened, liked, shared, and all those other podcast things. It's absolutely amazing what's happened over the last three weeks. After the first podcast dropped, there's been about 350 downloads so far, just in the first 19 days of the month. May not be a lot to everybody, but for me, it's very exciting, and I hope everyone continues to listen. So I'm going to back up just a little bit. If you've listened to the first few episodes, the first recording I did offshore, I did that on my iPhone. That was fun, but uh, I think everybody would agree the audio was lacking. After the poopy episode, I was offshore at work, and I brought some of my equipment out, a professional microphone, professional recorder. I just sat in my room and made a recording, and I thought all was good. A couple of days later, I get on the post-production side, download the audio into the computer, and I can hear all the background noises. Anybody that works in industry or offshore, they'll all attest that it's a noisy environment that we get used to. It's not really until you start listening to audio or trying to record that you actually start paying attention to all those sounds that otherwise we ignore. There's the constant page in the background of mud weight Helicopter coming in. Some of that I plan to have those sounds in the background just to simulate exactly what it's like for those that have never experienced it. The more I learn about recording and audio equipment and microphones is that they are super sensitive, very sensitive to sounds, to frequencies that our ears hear, but they ignore. I guess our brains ignore them. But a microphone doesn't ignore it, it records it. And that can become a background noise, a low hum. A distraction to the audio that we're actually trying to capture so during the post-production of the past 48 hours I could tell there's a lot of background noise a lot of ventilation sounds a lot of humming and the more I looked around I realized those sounds come from every direction they quite literally come from the walls they come from the floor not to mention the telephones the speakers in the hallways And just ambient sounds on a vessel that most of us just ignore. But I can't ignore that when I'm trying to make a recording for everybody to listen to. So you're not going to believe where I am right now. I actually took a picture of it just so I could show everybody what I'm talking about. But I'm trying to create a semi-sound resistant area where I can make these recordings. And maybe reduce or eliminate some of that background noise that can be a distraction. So I've actually set up in my bunk. I'm laying on my bed. I've taken a blanket and put it across the opening. These are bunk beds. And then I've closed the curtain. So I've got two layers of cloth and material before it gets into the main room. Just closed myself in, in the hopes that it will provide you a better listening experience. I'm not happy with the first few recordings. But at the same time, this is a learning process for me as well. I've never mixed audio. I've never recorded audio. I've never used some of this equipment. I'm a firefighter and a paramedic by trade who's also worked in the safety field for the last 26 years. So if you come to me bleeding or having a heart attack, having a baby, stubbed your toe, or dropped something and need an incident investigation, I'm your guy. But when it comes to recording and editing, I'm learning. And I will promise you this, I will improve. I am learning every day. I'm spending as much time as I can reading and researching, learning. I spent hours this week listening to the Pod Sound School. That's a cool little podcast. They gave me a lot of insights into podcasting, audio development. It's a very good podcast. If if anybody's interested, I'd suggest they have a listen to the Pod Sound School. But what that really did was show me how much I don't know and how much I have to learn. So I've doubled down. I'm watching how-to videos and the training lessons that came with the audio software to try and improve every week, not just the sound, but the quality and the content. And I ask if you'll just give me a little bit of time, I will make the podcast sound as good as I hope the content is. So in the last bonus episode, we recorded the past 48 hours. That was the 48 hours before the interview with Poopy. Now I'm going to do the next 48 hours. So after recording with Poopy, I hit the road for the Texas Gulf Coast. You might remember we talked about a rig party, and that's where I was headed. I left out of Kaplan, Louisiana, and I actually headed south. I ate a wonderful lunch at a small little Cajun restaurant called Squire's i will be some pictures up on the website, and I'll put some on Facebook as well. Cool little Cajun restaurant. Anybody in that area needs to stop by if they want some authentic food. Their specialty is turtle sauce piquant. I didn't have it because I was actually in the mood for a rice and gravy, and I was lucky enough it was the special of the day. So south out of Kaplan for about 20 minutes, and then slowly started to turn west on the furthest road south next to the Gulf of Mexico. I've made that ride before, it's a beautiful ride. Through parts of the countryside you have to go and see. You'll never see these parts of Louisiana if you stay on the interstate running from New Orleans to Lake Charles to Lafayette to Alexandria. You have to want to go to these places and that's exactly why what I'm doing. I want to see these small towns, these small roads, these back roads. I wanna follow that country road and find out where it goes and when it stops, I want to turn left or right at the flip of a coin. That's part of the reason I named the company Nomad. I honestly want to be nomadic and travel across the United States, seeing some of the country that if you don't make the effort, you'll never see. Who wants to spend their life driving 75 miles an hour on the interstate? I'll take 55 or 65 down a country road any day of the week. So this would be Thursday afternoon when I hit the road Headed to Crystal Beach, Texas. Thursday was going to be the first day people started to show up. Not everybody's going to make it. Some people are working until Friday. Their significant others can't get off work. The majority of people are coming in on Friday. But I had the time. I knew some of the people that were going early, so I hit the road. They had set up a text chat where everybody that was going could cross communicate, let everybody know who's coming, who's on the way, where they are so I let them know I was on my way. About two hours later, I rolled through Cameron, Louisiana. I haven't been down there in several years. It was before Hurricane Delta totally destroyed that area. I was shocked to see the damage that had been done. There was a restaurant that I can remember eating at the last time I was in town. And instead of the restaurant, there was just the steps and the concrete floor. The building was gone, but the business was open. They actually had a food truck or a food trailer sitting on their foundation. That's home to those people. And even though they lost everything, they're still at it. Just outside of Cameron is the Cameron Ferry. That's going to take me on the other side, headed to Texas. If you've never been on the Cameron Ferry, there's something very special you need to be on the lookout for. And that's the pink dolphins. There are albino dolphins that live in that area that are often seen from the ferry. Everybody's on the lookout for them. I spoke to one of the ladies that was working on the ferry, and she said she hadn't seen them recently, but her friends just up the river had, so they're nearby. Maybe I'll catch them next time. By mid-afternoon, I'm rolling across the peninsula, a few miles out of Crystal Beach. While I was driving, I called and got a hotel room set up. So I was ready to go. Earlier I mentioned the Pod Sound School. On this drive is actually where I found them. I like to use any time that's available to learn. Even though I'm driving through the country and seeing the beautiful sights, it's still hours of drive time. So oftentimes I'll turn on a podcast and listen, be entertained, listen, learn. That's when I found the Pod Sound School. They had a good format, short 15, 20 minute podcasts, very informative. It really helps me pass the time. Another fun coincidence happened this week. My aunt sent an email saying how she had listened to the podcast, enjoyed it, and her only question was, What happened to the lights on the trailer? And I actually responded and laughed and said, You're not the first one that's asked that question. Here on the ship just the other day, a guy I've passed in the hall but don't really know, he stopped me and he asked, What happened to the lights on the trailer? And I looked at him with the funny, what are you talking about look. And he said, on your podcast, what happened to the trailer lights? And I got a big grin on my face. I was like, ah, that's when I realized what he was talking about. So I guess I need to fill in everybody else. As of right now, the trailer lights are still broken. I still have lights taped to the side of the trailer. Poopy's dog actually gnawed the wire in half. So we had to duct tape it back together. Before I could even leave Kaplan. But everything worked and I made it safely to the beach, so all's good. One of the first things I have to do when I get home is find and repair that wiring problem. So when I got into town, I needed to find a place to park the trailer. The hotel was not gonna be my first choice. I knew I was gonna have to disconnect from it and I didn't wanna just leave it either in the parking lot or pushed off in the corner at a hotel, which just invites people to break in or possibly steal it. So I went straight to the rental house of a buddy. After pulling in over there, we talked for a minute, and he let me back it in next to his trailer. Perfect little parking spot, just enough room. Disconnected it from the truck, was able to run a extension cord and get the air conditioning working, all in preparations for the next day, hopefully, to do some recordings. So Thursday night it was just a quiet night, just a few of us hanging out his rental house was about a block from the beach. It's on stilts. There's that area underneath the house, all covered. He had the, big, the nice water-cooled air blowers that really helped keep the temperature down. We just had a quiet evening catching up. Headed over to the hotel. Everything was good. Got checked in. Nice room. Air conditioner worked. I'm happy. I was able to unpack my truck, get everything in the room, and I really wanted to listen to that poopy episode. So I started pulling all my equipment out, setting it up on the desk in the room, extension cords, power cables, microphone cables. Uh, Where's the adapter? Well, guess what? I had intentionally left my computer at home. I really did not want to mess with the computer while I was on the trip. This was a recording trip, and I brought everything I thought I needed to record. Well, I did. I was able to record but I didn't bring everything to be able to play back. So I'm sitting there needing an adapter that I don't have. Well, I own one, but of course it's in the bag with the computer back in Gonzales. So I wasn't able to do anything that night with the audio. So I made a pretty early night of it. When I got up the next morning, it was before the sun was up. I was able to watch the sunrise, listen to the quiet, The beach is right there behind the hotel. It was very peaceful. After making me a cup of liquid wake me up, I got my day started. Couple of things I realized I was going to need. The hotel did not have Wi-Fi. There was zero connectivity. Even the cell towers were weak and almost no connection whatsoever. So I started trying to formulate a plan How am I going to be able to listen to the audio from Poopy? And what I really wanted to do was upload some clips, some teasers, but I didn't have any Wi-Fi. So the next morning, I came up with a plan. I headed to Galveston. Just about anybody that's visited Galveston knows about the Galveston Ferry. I was on the Bolivar Peninsula, which is on the east side. The Galveston Ferry connects the Bolivar Peninsula to Galveston Island. So I was about 20 minutes from the ferry. Got down there, stopped at about a 30-minute wait, continued to listen to the Pod Sound School while I was driving to town, and I was also making a shopping list. What do I really need while I'm in town? I decided I wanted to find an AT&T store to check on the possibility of getting the hotspot turned on in my truck with the hopes that I could activate that in the parking lot, connect to that signal, and maybe be able to download or get on the Internet. So I looked up the AT&T store and Google, and Google Maps took me to Texas City. Anybody that's familiar with that part of the country, Galveston's on the coast. Texas City's about halfway between Galveston and Houston, which meant I've got to go north. But I really didn't care. I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't have anywhere to be. Everybody with the rig party was at the beach. They were playing on the beach. I'm not a beach guy. So I was just taking care of errands. Ran up to Texas City, went to AT&T, found the store, took care of my business. Next thing I needed was this adapter. Fortunately, it's a major shopping area. There's a mall right there. Was actually able to find an electronics store, found the adapter I needed, and started heading south, back towards Galveston. That's when I realized I wanted to work on my trailer lights while I had the chance. I was looking for a part I would need an auto parts. So I pulled into a first auto parts place. Nope, they didn't have it. Went down the street. Nope. I realized it's going to be harder to find than I expected. And I didn't want to waste any more time. So I just headed to Galveston, not really worried about the part. As I'm getting off the bridge in Galveston, there's an auto parts store right there. So I pull in and they had one of what I needed. They said they didn't have it, but their sister store a mile down the road did. So I was actually able to pay for it, go down the street. And pick up the part. And what did I pass? Going to their sister store? Four more auto parts places. It was almost like there was divine intervention. Somebody said, hey, look, here's another one. Uh, there's another one. There's one on the left. There's one on the right. There's a big one. There's a little one. There's a fat one. There's a skinny one. So I just took it for what it was worth and I stopped at every one of those stores. And guess what? The one part that I was able to buy was the only one I was able to find. None of the other stores had it. But it gave me something to do. It's Getting on up around 2 o'clock, decided I'd head back towards the beach, riding back towards the ferry. I started getting hungry. Fortunately, I was right across the street from a very good seafood restaurant right down on the Gulf Coast. Swung in there about 2 o'clock, wasn't too busy, was able to get something simple, something light. I just needed something on my stomach. The boys back at the beach were going to be cooking tonight, so I didn't want to fill up. Nice, easy ride back to the ferry and back to town. Everybody's getting finished at the beach. It's 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon now. Friday evening, people are starting to make it in from out of town. There's music playing. There's playing games. Friday night, we just hung out again underneath the rent house. Good conversation. Playing that big block Jenga with like two by four pieces. And trust me, after some people have had a couple of drinks, it gets to be... Very interesting game. I was able to have some side conversations with people about the possibility of recording, but they really weren't interested. A couple of the kids got up in the trailer looking around. One of them even wanted to do a podcast. So, of course, I offered for her to record if she wanted to, to hear her voice. Friday night was just another one of those quiet gathering nights most people had driven in. The big party was Saturday night, and everybody knew it. So I headed back to the hotel in the hopes that I'd get some recordings done on Saturday. Saturday morning, I woke up earlier than I wanted to, but I was ready to get going. I slow rolled down the road looking for a cup of liquid to wake me up and something to eat. After I rolled around town during sunrise, I eased back towards my buddy's rent house. It was only 8 o'clock in the morning. I did not want to go down there and make a bunch of noise because hopefully they're still asleep. So I'm slow rolling towards his place and beep, beep, right in the middle of the road. There they are in their old side-by-side, headed up to the corner store to get a cup of coffee. At least some of them were awake, so I didn't mind going, parking, and hanging out around the trailer. After they got back from the store, it was just a couple of us. Older friends, known each other for a long time, catching up, and I asked them directly. I kind of get the feeling nobody wants to record, and they kind of agreed. They didn't really have to say it. But I knew what they were thinking. They're concerned about their jobs, their company, getting on to them for be speaking out of turn. It doesn't matter if we don't have any intention to cause any problems, talk about companies, talk about people. Even if we're just telling stories, they're worried that maybe if they said something, it could cost them a lot. And I don't blame them. I didn't start this podcast with the intention of losing my job. And I told them, I've spoken to the company lawyers. I've asked permission. And they've granted it with stipulations as discussed earlier, but they still were not interested. So I asked the guys if they would listen to the poopy episode just to give me some feedback. And they agreed. They wanted to hear what it was about. So I was able to get that set up finally. Another adapter problem, but that's another story. And they were able to listen to the episode, and I think they enjoyed it. This was pre-production. This is with all of the burps, chips, and farts on the audio. And then a little while later, one of the wives came down and she listened to it. She was very excited. Actually, I think she'll be a guest one day. As it got up into Saturday morning, this is the big day when everybody's going to head down to the beach and have a good time and the big Saturday night. So they start getting in there side by side, hauling all the gear down to the beach, getting set up for the day. Next thing we know, the police are pulling him over right in the driveway of the house. The officer asks for his ID. Fortunately, he's just going to give him a warning, but what we didn't know is that there's a law against side-by-sides being on the streets. The homeowners association of all those houses want that law enforced, so they actually pay the police officer to patrol in their neighborhood to keep the side-by-sides off the road. Now, a golf cart is legal, but a side-by-side's not. Ours is not the reason why, but that just shut down the easy, quick access to the beach. It meant to get stuff to the beach and back, you'd have to haul it in the truck because you only get one warning. The next one's going to cost you some money, and they tow the side-by-side. So it's definitely not worth it. Well, that changed some of the people's attitudes. Just more frustrated, understandably. But the day was changing. They were heading to the beach, and I realized I'm probably not going to get any recordings. So I had to make a decision. Do I stay at the beach and hang out, or do I head back to Kaplan, where Poopy said he had some friends that wanted to record? I was able to sit down and think about it for a few minutes and realized my time would be more productive if I went ahead and hit the road headed back to Kaplan. And that's exactly what I did. I told everybody bye, appreciated the invite to their rig party, but I had recordings I wanted to make. They all understood. They were headed to the beach. I headed to the truck. Hooked up the truck, went by the hotel room, grabbed my stuff, checked out early, and got on the same coastal road, headed back to the east. And as I was riding along the beach road there along the Boulevard Peninsula, just looking at how beautiful it is, I realized I wanted my listeners to actually experience some of this trip. And I've got a forward facing dash cam that I can manually click to take pictures. So I started doing that. I eased down the road. and As I made this big curve, I took a picture because right across the street from the beach was one of the old rocker oil wells. I hope the picture came out. I haven't had the chance to look. But it also gave me something to do when I'm driving. I was looking at it from a visitor's eyes, how I would want to describe it to you. And now I can present it to you visually as well through pictures. When I got up to Winnie, Texas, it was about lunchtime or about actually it's after lunch. It was about 1.30. And I pulled into my favorite little restaurant there, get a quick bite to eat. And I was looking at the instructions for this dash cam that I have. And they actually have a setting. It's called travel log. You set the, I, I don't know exactly how it works. I just read part of it. I haven't had a chance to even go back and look. But what I think it does, as I understand it, it starts taking pictures every so often and creates a travel log while you're driving around. So that's gonna be something else I hope to put together for you, be able to show not just the oil patch, not just my friends in the oil field, but the travels as well. After I got out of town, I called Poopy up and I said, hey, I'm on my way. He said, hey, let's boil some crabs. I said, that sounds like a good idea. I said, you go find the live crabs and I'll pick up some shrimp and Cameron. So I headed back the way I came. Fortunately, Saturday afternoon, about 5 o'clock, I come across the Cameron Ferry, pull off right there on the right at the shrimp place. Guy meets me, and I pick up 10 pounds of shrimp. I don't need 10 pounds of shrimp, but it comes in a bag of 10 pounds, so I had to take 10. Poopy had called and said he found a dozen or more crabs, and the boil was on. So I'm riding back the same way I came, and I look up, and I see a fire, and I took a picture, and I get closer and I take another picture and I realize this fire is out in the middle of the swamp. Sometimes they burn cane. It could be a cane fire or it could be a swamp fire. It's hard to tell. But as I'm looking on the map and I'm watching the fire, I get about as close to it as I can. I'm about to pass the last road and I turn off of the main road onto a little dirt road between some people's houses and pass some trailers. And I go bump, bump, bump it down the road. A little asphalt road turns into a little gravel road. It goes back through some gates. There was no signs, but I'm definitely off the beaten path and I'm easing down and take a right. And I'm on this straight road. That's a one lane dirt road that nobody can pass on. Here I am pulling a trailer down this little road, getting as close as I can to this fire. And I did. I got very lucky. I was able to Get close enough, I took some great pictures, I hope, up close to the fire. There was somewhere I could turn the trailer around and get out, no harm, no foul. So that was just something else I saw that I was fascinated with, and I think you would be fascinated with as well. Hoopy calls and asks, how far away are you? I told him I was near Rockefeller Wildlife Reserve, and he knew exactly where I was. He knew exactly how long I would be. So I come rolling into his house just after dark, Both of us are ready to oil some shrimp and crabs. And that's when it dawned on me. It's just another Louisiana Saturday night. And that's going to be the name of the next episode. So we actually set up and I videotaped and recorded Poopy and I doing a shrimp and crab oil using the Swamp Bucket. I don't remember if I mentioned Swamp Bucket before. It's that five gallon plastic bucket that has a heating element in it. You put a pound of seasoning, about Three gallons of water, bring it to a boil, drop your seafood, and let it sit. And we weren't sure if it was going to work or not because we've never seen anything like it in our lives. We're used to using a propane and a boiling pot. So I hope you'll look forward to seeing our shrimp and crab boil, Louisiana Saturday night. Now, I am going to be honest. I'm having some issues editing it. Something happened with the audio. I'm sure it's my fault. I'm trying to save it or resurrect it or fix it. I'm not sure the right term, to be honest with you. There was supposed to be a double recording where the audio was going to be recorded in two separate places and ends up there's only one recording. I knew the quality on that one was not going to be very good. I was hoping for this second line of audio to be able to merge them together and bring you a good video and audio. I have the video but the audio is not that great. So I'm still working on it. Hopefully when I get home, I'll be able to edit out and get it fixed next week. Maybe I can drop Louisiana Saturday night. Thanks gang. I think this went a little longer than last time. I hope I didn't bore you to death. I enjoyed it. I look forward to next time. Nomad Mobile Productions is a broadcasting and media production company that produces podcasts and provides a mobile podcast studio complete with audio and video recording equipment. We also offer post-production processing, editing, marketing, and publication for podcasts. Our mobile production studio will come to you. Visit our webpage, nomadmobileproductions.com, or our Facebook